0: On today's show, all good things must come to an end, and the Bucks go down to the Grizzlies in the second game of the preseason. Still, no Giannis, no Dame, no Chris Milton. We did see a Campaign for the first time uh, early in this game, but I want to ask Frank some questions about some of the veteran players, Pat Connaughton, Jay Crowder, uh, Beasley, as well, and then we'll get to the young guys. We'll see what we can take from this game tonight. The Bucks go down to the Grizzlies in the preseason. Max him down, Giannis into the lane got a spinning fading shot up down! You are locked on box. My name is Ken Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. Alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's show that is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that can treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jasemedical.com. That's j-a-s-e-medical.com. Uh, there we'll get to that a little bit later on we thank everyone for making locked on bucks your first watch or first listen as the build-up continues to the start of the regular season and maybe the build-up continues to some of the bucks superstars getting out on the floor they're all there in person again in memphis the bucks have uh, quite a break before they play the lakers on the weekend but we uh, appreciate the support nonetheless so if you haven't done so yet uh, subscribe, turn notifications on, drop a comment, let us know what you took from this second preseason game, uh, and I'll be on there. I look forward to getting uh, involved in the conversation a little bit later on. So thank you for the support there. Frank, 108-102 was the final here, and, you know, Dane was in – looked like he was in warm-ups tonight. He was at the front of the bench. Oh, Giannis was at the back. So maybe we're getting a little bit closer to seeing him in action, but uh, – For the Bucs, we're going to get to the young guys. I thought we could talk about some of the veteran guys a little bit more tonight because I think naturally we focus on on the young players. And I think guys that we figure are going to be immediately in the rotation for this team, whether it's Jay Crowder, Pat Conradon, Campaign, as I mentioned, we saw for the first time. And certainly Malik Beasley, who we have referenced a few times, is not shy when it comes to shooting the ball. Uh, Those are the guys that I think you know are going to be playing every single night. So I think certainly through the first half of these games, uh, it's worth noting how they're looking. If I asked you about Jay Crowder, what are you seeing here? Because I, I think he's one of the wild cards uh, for the Bucks.
1: First off, Kane, I, I love how, you know, like probably everybody's wanting to talk about, you know, Marjan and no, Andre not. Jackson Jr. And uh, and Kane's just, you know, what, you know what, screw you fans. We're talking about Jay Crowder, God damn it um it's kind of funny I mean uh I don't know why I mean obviously I've I've seen Jay Crowder for a long time I think when he arrived last year you know we were so fixated on him being like oh can he be you know like a, a newer version of of something like what PJ was or what even Wes Matthews was right who I think Wes had something to do with him wanting to come to Milwaukee the couple of former Marquette guys and I mean, first off, obviously defensively, we have not seen the level of versatility from Jay Crowder that we saw from those both of those other guys who proved that they could defend down and up, um, in particular on the wing. Um, you know, if Jay was defended like Wes did even the past couple of years at Wes's advanced age, I think we'd all be thrilled with with what he can do. Um interesting to see him starting as a small forward in these, you know, first couple of games. Um and good to see him, you know, making shots, right? Um, I think certainly, especially in the regular season, I mean, in making shots will paper over some of maybe the, the shortcomings defensively. Um, you know, I think we talked about a little after the Chicago game. I mean, he was defending DeMar to start that game. Um, you know, we had Malik Beasley defending Zach Levine. Uh, I, but it's one of those things, too. It's like if this was a, a game that mattered, you know, they would probably be really trying to attack that. And Bulls never really tried to do that. Um, and again, tonight, like I, I don't know that I have a real read on, you know, Jay defensively so far. Um, it was hard to even get that last year after he arrived in Milwaukee. But I mean, the thing that got lost in the disappointing playoff exit was like Jay Crowder shot the ball well. He scored really effectively. Like his numbers were actually very good. Um, in the short period that he had in Milwaukee after the trade and so you know again like he's you know tonight uh, six of 11 14 points hit a couple threes you know two for seven for three not like anything right home about um, but that'll do you know that that'll play um, if he's scoring effectively and doing some of the little things and and being you know a guy that adds some toughness uh, and again if he can keep up at all with wings, I think we know that he can probably still do a decent job as a small ball four, then that obviously opens up more opportunities for him to play. So to me, that's, you know, we've talked about it. That's always going to be the swing thing with Jay. If he's making shots and defending well enough on the wing and showing some versatility defensively, not that he's going to be this hyper switchable stopper guy anymore. um, Then yeah, there's a pathway to him playing. Now I think, you know, still questions about, what role does that leave him in the playoffs when sort of the competition is at its highest level? Uh, but certainly the lack of, you know, defensive wing depth certainly I think plays to, to Jake Crowder's benefit. And he's, I think it seems like he's going to get ample opportunity to show that, that he can find a role on this team. And obviously, role was the problem last year. That's what he voiced off, vo- voiced uh, after uh, the playoffs and sort of that embarrassing end of his season. And Mike Budenholzer has gone. Fresh start with Adrian Griffin. And, you know, I think if you cross your fingers that it translates into improved play. But again, like, look at the regular season numbers. He was not bad at all. He was actually pretty good uh, in that short period last year, too. So if he just keeps doing that stuff, but then gets, uh, again, maybe uh, he says he's lost some weight, even though he's listed at 251. Um, so if he can put up some of the offensive numbers that we saw in that short period last year and improve on defense then i think you'll be happy with what he's what he's giving you especially at a minimum contract so that's why i think it was
0: interesting to chat about him a little bit is because we haven't really known what to expect But remember last year even when joe ingles came back and played and we're like joe ingles is defending a lot of guys on the perimeter and this is not really what we expected but if you look positionally the way if Jake Crowder is going to play with the best players in the Bucks, you're going to have middleton out there who's obviously it, a bigger wing. Giannis spends a lot of minutes at the four as it's, it's a seven footer. And you got Brooke Lopez. It's going to be bigger lineups. And then he might be asked to defend on the perimeter a little bit. And that's why I know you've referenced the, the wait listing in is, is fascinating. But tonight he started the game more on the perimeter, sort of switching onto Bane a little bit. But then in the second half, he was probably more the four because it was just Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez sat. So I think positionally is it's going to be interesting to watch Jay Crowder. Uh and before we get on to the younger guys. You know, for the Bucks, realistically, a a healthy Pat Connaughton is going to make a difference for this team. Uh, He just wasn't even playing at this time last year, and it just didn't feel like he was ever able to catch up. And uh, there was a couple of times tonight where he comes off those handoffs and he knocks down those threes. He got fouled on on a on a four point play there. Uh, He was able to drive to the basket and throw down a one-handed dunk. So I know for some reason he seems to be a guy that's been maligned. I know he didn't have a great season last year, but you still suspect he's going to be a a pretty damn important player for this team. He looks pretty good to start the preseason, and oftentimes, certainly in the past, he's been a guy that uh, has been in closing lineups, and I know you've pointed it out a few times, but he probably makes more sense starting than Malik Beasley, if, if he's healthy based on what we've seen over the last few years.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I you know I think the the discussion of who the Bucks' starting shooting guard is kind of I, I keep going back to what our friend and co-host uh, Justin Garcia said at our live pod back in late June when asked about you know the, the starting shooting guard at the time obviously Grayson Allen was the uh, incumbent starter at at, at shooting guard um, but you know Justin said he didn't think that the you know the guy that is going to be starting in the playoffs for the Milwaukee Bucks. At the two, he didn't think that guy was on the roster yet. and He I also think- didn't
0: make the prediction that the Bucks were going to trade for Lillard. So what does Justin know? I mean, uh, that should have been a pretty obvious prediction to make. I
1: mean, you know, at least with the live fight, he didn't say that they were not going to trade for Damian <laughs> That's true. Um, I don't think any of us technically said that because we didn't even, <laughs> weren't even thinking about that. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. Like, I, if they want to start Malik Beasley, I mean, you know credit to him like he, he's, he's really trying <laughs> you know he's, yeah. he's got some physical limitations uh you obviously don't want him having to defend up against bigger players cuz he's just not very big at 6'4" 6'7" uh, wingspan um but uh he's trying you know um we'll see you know if they if they start the year giving him a shot uh as we've discussed you know I I would still be surprised that Pat Connaughton isn't closing a lot of games um when all is said and done so even if he's not starting and certainly i mean beasley's we saw it again tonight i mean he didn't have a great shooting night tonight uh what he took 10 threes in 22 minutes i think so the three-point volume somebody had to take shots tonight and malik beasley raised his hand said i got i got it i'll take shots um and you hit a couple again sort of off the dribble threes um so again there is sort of a bit of dynamism to his to his shooting so uh you know, I don't think he's going to be able to get off 10 threes for 36 necessarily. If he's, you know, if he was just playing with the starters
0: mm.
1: with bench units, I think it maybe be easier just to get the ball enough. But uh, I mean, he's commented like it's easy with, with the starting group, you know, the, when they've practiced and this, this kind of hints, maybe that he's been in sort of the starting group the with, the, with, the, yeah. with the scrimmages too, because he's talked about how, when he's playing with Damian Giannis, like he just gets open looks all the time. So, um, so I'm sure he won't mind that and yeah. you know again if they want to start start that way again i think grayson was a really solid defender the past couple of years um you know perhaps beasley can get to that level but again his wingspan maybe a couple inches longer than grayson allen but i don't think he's you know I, I don't think malik beasley is you know fundamentally changing uh the defensive ceiling of the shooting guard position for the bucks uh even on his on his best day relative to grayson allen so uh so yeah I mean again at this point it's like man two games and I just want to see Damon Giannis actually play, bas- play basketball um so at this point I don't really care who's starting uh but if it's going to be Malik Beasley all right you know I'm I'm guessing we're not going to get 82 games of Malik Beasley starting so maybe there's going to be some different things we're going to see and again when all is said and done do I think the Bucks need to think about that position if they're going to optimize their rotation they're going for a championship yes um, but it's early. And, um, uh, so again, um, I'm not going to freak out about anything at this point. Let's, let just kind of see, see what the team looks like. And, you know, again, maybe, maybe just a matter of saying, all right, we'll just, we'll just score 130 points every night. And, uh, if we give up, you know, a couple more, <laughs> a couple more points per game, uh, then we can live with that.
0: Yeah. 16 threes in 36 minutes so far for Beasley, uh, pretty high volume. And as you pointed to the shots are going to be different. Uh, that volume won't be at that level once he's playing with the starting group, anyway. But uh, yeah, I think he's he's shown enough positives for Bucs fans to at least uh, be a little excited about what he's shooting can bring uh, to this Bucs team. He also so, we
1: we should also note he he got another breakaway tonight off a steal. Hey, yeah, nice to see. And this time he actually threw it on a dunk. It was a little weird. And in the the game on Sunday, he got like a breakaway after a steal, and he just laid it in. And mm-hmm. uh, he looked at the bench after he dunked. And it was almost like he might have gotten some shit from them after not dunking on Sunday. So Malik Beasley redeeming himself, perhaps in the eyes of uh, his teammates by actually throwing it down uh, in in reasonably impressive fashion on the fast break. So shout out to Malik rounding into his midseason dunking form.
0: All right, let's get to the young guys now, whether it's Ty Ty Washington, Andre Jackson Jr., Marjon Bochamp, AJ Green we saw for the first time tonight as well. So we'll talk about the young guys after we talk about Jace Medical, the sponsor of today's podcast. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency jace medical make sure you have the medication and it's simple they handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care so don't get caught unprepared get 20 bucks off these life-saving antibiotics today from jace medical by using the code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical All right, we're building towards the regular season on Locked On Bucks. Yesterday, I caught up with Isaac Shade, the Locked On college basketball host here at the network. And he had some thoughts on some of the young guys we're about to talk about. So if you missed that podcast, go back and check it out. If you've missed any of the Lillard content, we've got a billion shows that you can go back and listen to as well. And then we're going to move ahead to the next preseason game against the Lakers. So lots going on. We appreciate the support as we roll through the preseason. Uh, but you did hint to it at the start. Uh, a lot of Bucks fans tuning into these games, understanding maybe the stars aren't going to be there. So they want to see the young guys. Uh, not that this comparison needs to be made, but you know, we are going to look at these guys and say, well, who are the guys that can crack the minutes in the rotation realistically? There's clearly high hopes for Marjan and Beauchamp. There's been a little bit of hype coming out of the team. But, you know, I thought it wasn't a great night for him tonight. He... Still, and, and, he's, and he's young, so it's not even been a, a critical or overly uh, you know, critical of what he's doing at the moment. But it seems like he just goes through these nights where some nights he looks really assertive and he looks confident and he looks aggressive. Then other nights he just looks completely unsure. And tonight was one of those nights where he looked hesitant uh, and it, it wasn't his best night. And then Andre Jackson Jr. comes on in the second half. And he kind of just looks like a player that's ready to play and cause uh, problems defensively. The athleticism is ridiculous. He had another two-handed dunk in transition, which was which was completely outrageous. But if you're just looking at these two guys, probably the two higher credentialed young guys that there's hope for, Jackson Jr. has made a, a pretty nice start and nice early impressions.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. You know, Andre's got kind of that like nuclear athleticism. That, uh, I don't know, I mean, I I didn't necessarily expect Marjan to be that athletic uh, as as Andre is, but I I think when I have heard people talk about Marjan and his athleticism, I think there was maybe some folks that thought that Marjan was going to be, was going to pop more athletically. I think Marjan's more of like a smooth athlete than he is necessarily like very explosive. Uh, You know, I can think back came to our first podcast about him last year. You know, we call out some of the, you know, two-footed jumping he was doing like not looking particularly confident necessarily dunking off one foot in transition and things like that um so i think tonight you know what stuck out to me was you know even when he was being aggressive like i mean how many times did he get his shot blocked tonight right it felt like he got blocked like at least three times around the basket and you know like he had a had an angle to finish and you know just kind of had to go for a little layup and somebody came over and just um, swatted it away. I think one of them may have been, should have been a goaltend. I think he got it off the it was, backboard yeah. and then it, it got, yeah. uh didn't kind of a non-call, but you know, whatever. I think, what did he start like over six or something like that? He finished two of 11, did hit a three in the fourth quarter um, and then picked up like a dunk off, like kind of a, you know, transition muck up and, and everything. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think Marjan, you know, we talked about it after the last game, you know, we said, Hey, great that you put together a nice box score line felt like he played in sort of within himself when he had those 18 points, nine rebounds and three assists. Um, and so now it's like, just go and keep doing that. Right. And that was the problem in Vegas is he has two really good games and then he has two basically no shows. Um, and tonight, you know, I don't think necessarily like the offensive struggles like impacted the way he was defending. Um, you know, I, he didn't really pop to me negatively or positively def- defensively i did not think he did anything particularly wrong you had a couple steals deflections um but yeah i mean it, it's hard you know in this environment where he's not out there with you know the stars um it does kind of put more of an onus on him to to create offense and you know again this is like this is always this question is like well how much you know in summer league or preseason or whatever like i mean what does it mean if marjan score some points or doesn't score points or scores effectively or doesn't score effectively. I mean, obviously you want him showing confidence and being able to, to kind of pop up and attack the basket and make some outside shots. Uh, but we know that, you know, when this team is at full health, like he's not really going to be asked to go out and, you know, create shots, right? Like in the final minute of the last two games, they've called plays for him to go and get a shot. Don't think that's going to happen <laughs> much in uh, when the games count. Uh, and the team is, is remotely at full health. Uh, but you know, I think Adrian Griffin and the coach staff, they're trying to push him a little bit and sort of see what he's capable of. And, you know, I'd say again, so far first two preseason games, you know, mixed bag, similar to what we saw in Vegas. So, um, I I don't really know that there's a lot to be made of it until we see this team actually have some of their key guys back. And, you know, we sort of see how some of these role players actually fit in and complement the guys that are actually going to matter and the guys that are actually going to be you know, playing when the games really count. Um, but, you know, again, I think for Marjan, just the story is the same. It's like, just need more consistency, man. And, you know, it just feels like sometimes um, he's kind of putting shots up to put shots up and doesn't necessarily play with the highest level of confidence. So, um, you know, finished a little better than he started the night, but, um, you know, especially in these games where the second half is full of kind of like bench warmers yeah. and guys that don't usually play that's not as impressive as, you know, if you're doing it from the, from the jump, when, when you actually do have, you know, the likes of a Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain playing, you know, both those guys certainly made their presence felt, especially in the first half. So I think that's
0: going to be the interesting conversation because you see a lot of it in the YouTube comments. And, and as I said, there's a lot of people high on Marjan Bochamp, but if you're looking at the two guys and you're saying, well, okay, well, what do you want to see from preseason? I don't think that there's the expectation that Andre Jackson is going to go out and score. Well, there isn't because he didn't do that in college either, but he already is able to make little things happen. And for Bochamp, it feels like the expectation is higher than that. So when he is the guy that's playing on the floor with a lot of the reserve guys, it's like, well, he doesn't really look like, he's going to be, he doesn't look like some of the other younger players you see around the league that can take over in those moments as a scorer. So if he doesn't have that feel, maybe he'll still be a significantly better role player, you know, playing with the starting guys as you pointed to. But I think just there's some communication stuff. He seems to be involved in the passes go flying out of bounds. There's a couple of turnovers there and it's like, it doesn't seem like he's always on the same page as some of these guys as well. So that just means that, There would be some teething pains going into the regular season, even if he's playing with the starting guys. And then how much patience is he going to be afforded? I think it's going to be an interesting question with Adrian Griffin, how long the leash is uh, for Marjan Bochamp as the season rolls on here. There was a couple of other young guys uh, that played tonight. I want to talk about them when we get back. uh, Ty Ty Washington, AJ Green, and any other thoughts from tonight's game against the Grizzlies after I talk about FanDuel. And uh, you can snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get two hundred bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Uh, win total for the Milwaukee Bucks. It's a fifty-three point five wins. Uh, you can get uh, minus one fifteen there if you the, if you take the over. If you take the under, minus one oh five. Uh, interesting. I did see ESPN's uh, computer projections at the bucks at forty eight and a half. That feels pretty low, but we'll see how that pans out. Uh, throughout I, We, the we season. should we
1: should say the 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 Kevin Pelton numbers. They have like a mean reversion factor, so like the the win totals are always lower than I think people expect. So I don't know that there's a ton to read into that one, but. Um, you know, like they've never said that the Bucks are going to win 55 games. Like they never really project 55 win teams. Period. If you're in the low 50s, like that's typically like about as that model tends to tends to get you. But anyway, you know, I mean, again, just it's a data point. We'll leave it at that.
0: You'd be disappointed if the Bucks were under 48 and a half. Well, we can uh, both we can both agree on that. But back to FanDuel. Visit fanduelcom slash on and you can kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel official partner of the NFL. So we did see AJ Green for the first time uh, tonight. He only played 12 minutes, knocked down a three. Uh, That was probably about the the majority of what he did. Ty Ty Washington was out there, mostly in the second half tonight. We thought he was decently impressive with the seven assists uh, in the first game. I thought he had a couple of nice moments again as a scorer, which is kind of a question mark because the efficiency in smaller minutes last year in the NBA with Houston was down on perhaps where it was projected coming out of college. But uh, he had a nice uh, high finish off the glass. He was able to uh, hit a floater there as well. He had a step back three late in the fourth quarter. So I I think it's going to be challenging for him with campaign coming in. You expect that Payne's going to play... A relatively big minutes through the regular season even though he had some rust tonight uh was there any other impressions you had on the young guys i know we've mentioned it before but one thing i will say when aj green shoots the ball you it do feel in. you feel like it's gonna go in at a pretty damn high clip he's got a pretty specialized nba skill that's for damn sure
1: yeah um yeah if uh when when the bucks are you know up 15 and they're like assist hunting for Giannis to get his triple doubles get it, get in the fourth quarter. You got to get A.J. Green in there. get that guy's money. Get some, get some uh, free assists. Um, well, let, let me say I didn't really mention you. You brought up Andre Jackson, and I talked mainly about Bochamp in that, that regard. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think the early returns here from Andre Jackson and positive. Um, you know, I think in the half court, you know, it's hard to see him really kind of making a whole lot of sense other than when he's just, you know, in the dunker spot or, um, you know, as being kind of a, a screen and roller short roller guy. Uh I don't ever want to see him taking, you know, 14 foot floaters and stuff like that, which again, I think he just settles for probably too much. We saw a lot of that in Vegas, but, um but yeah, I mean, he's a totally different player in transition against when the, the defense hasn't set and, uh, super super impressive play tonight on the the dunk you mentioned Euro stepping for a big hammer Christ. dunk and uh, and you know just the, the unselfishness, um, I think is also kind of especially obvious in transition we saw that in uh, on Sunday with the especially the pass to Giannis which um, you know it's funny I I I can't remember if we talked about it Kane, not I don't think we ever talked about it on the pod but um, but just sort of like there was kind of a rambunctiousness to him that like that reminded me of Thanasis. So um, after I saw, I, I, I saw the new Indiana Jones movie this summer and uh, I rewatched all the old Indiana Jones movies and um, it, it got me thinking, I don't know, I don't know what the joke was there, but thinking about Andre, it got me, I, for some reason I kept having in my head the adventures of young Thanasis um, was like in my head as, as the Andre Jackson story. And I'm sure some people would find that an insult, but maybe other people who like the Nassus would find that an insult to the Nassus. I don't know. I don't know where people come out on that. But um, but there is sort of like a reckless energy and enthusiasm <laughs> to both of those guys. I think Andre um is probably going to be able to much better contain his um fouling and defensive uh uh energy than probably the NASAs has uh over these we've seen over these few years. But uh it was definitely I, I got a kick out of seeing them combining um uh in that game on Sunday uh because uh yeah I was just it was just cool with both those guys the energy that they bring um so I I don't know I mean it was interesting that we I mean I think we, I don't think we saw Andre until the second half tonight I think um mm-hmm. you know they they definitely were not if if to some extent the rotations are indicative of where guys are in the pecking order uh certainly you know it doesn't seem like uh Adrian Griffin's like intending to you know play Andre Jackson every night. Um, but we'll see. Again, season is long, injuries happen. I expect at some point we're gonna see Andre Jackson get some minutes and then the question is just like what, what he can do with him and whether you know he can be sufficiently, you know, his his shooting and lack of kind of scoring instincts, whether those can kind of be papered over by his kind of passing an IQ on offense and then obviously more importantly can he do something on defense that kind of differentiates him a little bit because that's certainly probably the the swing skill in terms of um you know what could earn him minutes is if he's actually able to play high level defense without fouling. that would be a big deal because we don't know who's going to do that (laughs) on this team right now so and brett you know fun fun few minutes for Andre jackson um and then, uh, but it's, i also say this though, but it's kind of like, you know, comparing to, to like Marjan the other day, it's like, I can't ever picture Andre Jackson scoring 18 points in a basketball game. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, I don't know what his, I need, we need to look up what his career high was at UConn. Like, I mean, he averaged six points a game in college. You know, Marjan not, is obviously not a finished product, but, you know, went out and scored 18 points in an NBA basketball game on Sunday, preseason or otherwise. And I don't think Andre is going to do that anytime soon. So. Um, so again, just something to be kind of uh, thrown out there and we'll, we'll kind of see how those two end up competing against each other to an extent um, for minutes. Um, as far as other guys, uh, I would say my general comfort level in terms of like non-Damian Lillard Bucks point guards, uh, you know, campaign was 0 for 6 tonight, missed all four of his threes, you know, first game playing in quite some time. Um, But honestly, it's just like, I I don't know, just something about I mean, Cam isn't like, you know, he's not like a big guard or super athletic or anything like that, but he kind of knows how to play, you know, and it just felt like when he was running the offense, like, you know, he knew how to get to a spot and kick it up to for an open shooter. And, uh, you know, he just kind of knows how to, like, play NBA basketball to an extent that, you know, like on the other extreme, like Lindell, I think just I just don't know. I just, I just haven't seen a trajectory with Lindell. I think he's had, you know, good moments in summer league. He's had you know, good moments at times in the preseason, even in some of the garbage time games where he's gotten in. Um, he's been able to put up some numbers at times when he's gotten opportunities, but I just don't feel like, you know, the kind of like the fundamental point guard and sinks have really evolved to the point where, you know, I can see him like actually kind of making sense, you know, on an NBA court. Um, so I think Cam, has shown why he yes he is an NBA backup point guard, um, mm-hmm. and I put uh, I put Tai Tai in between those guys. You know I think he had what Tai Tai I think he had seven assists in the first game. Um, tonight scores nine points. You mentioned the kind of step back three. You know was able to to uh, to do some things in the scoring column. Um, a couple steals, um, only one assist, one turnover in 14 minutes. Um, so again I don't think Tai Ty Tai has been jumping off the page. You know I don't think what we've seen from him is, you know, going to make me feel like, oh man, we got to find a way to get this guy back up point guard minutes, you know, or we shouldn't have signed campaign or something like that. Um, so there's something there, but I think he's, you know, as you were discussing with Isaac, I, by the way, Isaac in the pod last night, huge Ty Ty Washington fan. Uh, so we've got our friend, Sam Bassini, huge Andre Jackson fan, Isaac, huge Ty Ty Washington fan. So now we just need them to be right about those two guys and the Bucks, uh, you know, the post post Dame Lillard uh, Milwaukee Bucks should be in great shape uh to surround Giannis with a continuing <laughs> championship core. Uh but uh but yeah, so you know, solid from Ty-Ty. You know, we'll see. I think he'll probably have to do a lot of his damage with uh with the herd. And uh other than that, hey, Chris Livingston makes his debut, kind of mm-hmm. finds a loose ball for a dunk early, scores seven points in four minutes or in four shots and seven minutes, but um you know kind of all of the more like garbage man type variety points so you know again I think we can safely say Chris Livingston probably not uh, of all those guys probably the least likely to get rotation minutes this year and again we'll probably be a guy that has to work on his game and we'll get a better read on what sort of trajectory he's on based on what he does in Oshkosh but um at least nice to get him some minutes and Kind of kind of get off the schneid. Although I will say this, like memo to Bucks young players. Look, we know that you're trying to look unselfish and not just hunt your own shots and stuff like that. But when you're out there and it's a bunch of you guys that actually are, you know, roster players or two-way guys and Marquise Bolden, Marquise, Marquez, whatever, however you pronounce his name is the Buck center. You don't have to give him post touches, guys. You don't have to look for Marquise Bolden. Nobody's going to look down on you just go for you know play your game and uh I don't know I feel like this is one of those things like young players they get all deferential you know it's like you don't have to pass to Robin Lopez for post up touches even though Robin obviously has a pretty pretty devastating post hook you know hook shot game when he really wants it but you know we don't really need to play that way so yeah guys just just don't worry about getting Marquis Bolden touches he was over 5 tonight and there were a couple of those where it's just like guys what are we where are we giving him post touches we don't need to see Post touches from this dude. Very few guys get post touches in the NBA this day in these days. You know, shout out to Marquise. You know, appreciate what you're doing, but um, maybe not that part.
0: Have to agree. Uh, it was a really rough few minutes there, uh, unfortunately, as as the Bucks late in the game, a little bit of pressure defense. We're trying to cause some chaos. Adrian Griffin was heavily invested in the game, and the players were all uh, getting a little bit excited as well, which is fun to see because. Uh, those guys certainly at the back end of the game, they're trying really hard uh, in preseason, which maybe is not the case in the first half of some of these games. The Bucs play Sunday night against the Lakers, 6 p.m. Central time. So a bit of a break now uh, before they're packing action. And who knows? It'll be pretty fun if the Bucs play the Lakers and there's a whole bunch of stars playing uh, for at least a quarter or a half. So we'll wait and see what happens on Sunday night. But uh, it is the time of year where, we like to overreact or read into things that perhaps won't matter all that much by the time the new year rolls around. So let us know what you thought from the Bucks and the Grizzlies tonight. Milwaukee one-on-one in the preseason, Frank.
1: My my prediction, I think uh, Dam and Giannis play on Sunday. Um, I think, by the way, I was kind of like happy on some level that they didn't play tonight because it would have been like annoying in a way if they had rested them on Sunday in front of the home fans and then played them, you know, on a Tuesday in Memphis. So, uh, now you get an extra few days off. It, got, it kind of makes sense, right? Like why, you know, basically you just give them the two off and then you can get them a few extra rest days and, um, and then some songs. Yeah. And then start the, uh, start the preseason in earnest. Um, I don't think Giannis has played more than three preseason games in about five years. So, uh, he's now, he can now play the last three games and get his customary three game warm up in and, uh, Hopefully be ready for the regular season. So so yeah. Um box Lakers get the get the hype train going. Dean Lillard Giannis in uh, Tinseltown. Um sign me up. Let's do it.
0: I'm going full scale for the rest of the week I'm locked on Lockdown Bucks, planning like they're playing. So I'm gonna be highly, highly disappointed if it gets around to Sunday and they don't. Uh anyway, but something to look forward to. But let us know what you thought. Uh, from this game. Another couple of podcasts that round out the week uh, leading into this Lakers game. So we appreciate the support. We'll catch them all tomorrow.